1: Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we are in the rugby dungeon. In fact, JB, your first... Uh, hello, JB. Who? Uh, JB, hello. Uh, no, my, <laughs> my,
0: my, my full title, please. Jonathan Beardmore, ADM Premiership Champion 2022. Oh, congratulations! Thank you very much. Mighty Talk H did the business at witness. We are now unbeaten and the official champions of the a- ADM Pre- premiership
1: Well that, did anyone say Podcast that To you at any no, point No because they In knew the ju- I was going to
0: podcast it I mean I that, <laughs> that was guaranteed It had it, it would It's one of those things That doesn't need to be said
1: The first thing you need to do Is turn uh, That number two fader down Or is it number two which one is Is that Phil Hello No it's number three No that's me Oh no Turn that one back up That one There yeah. we go Yeah turn that Because There is no Phil There's No Phil is a Lazy I know uh, Phil Thought it was acceptable to have a weekend abroad with his family.
0: Well, I think this is penance that Phil is paying here.
1: Ah. I think that Lisbon. he
0: is, yeah, he's buying his way in, his. Bu- he's buying his weekend in Lisbon. This is his debt. Yeah. So he's taking his family over to Barcelona. Yes. How the other half a live.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you were going to go to Barcelona, I mean, it's lovely. And his family are, are uh, uh, it's I like. I mean, they're uh, great. They're great. They are great. It's like a. Uh, uh, the kind of family you'd see on an advert they are yeah um picturesque nevertheless you know yeah you know yeah you know traveling with small kids (sighs) not just for a weekend is it
0: he he, but he's a psychopath in in this regard he's taken them when he's at with with a small baby he's gone traveling around uh, asia he's like uh, singapore he did vietnam I think I think it's psychotic. I, I really <laughs> do. But anyway, he he is missed and hopefully he'll be back next week.
1: Yeah, so we'll have to fill the void left by Phil. So we'll just say he's a big strong boy. Yeah. Big big strong boy. We'll say that a few times and, um, and we'll fill the void. And unfortunately, you won't you won't get the kind of uh, nuanced common sense and intellect rugby intellect. Well, that Phil, Phil did brings. actually
0: send me a text earlier on uh, and asked me to mention something. Oh yeah. He said go into depth about the the game that you played yesterday and your ADM
1: uh, pre- Premiership win <laughs> oh well if Phil asked, it, asked for it <laughs> yeah then as soon as I've given the uh, housekeeping let, let's let's do that then so yeah this uh, podcast will be going into uh, domestic rugby matters uh, some of the stories from the rugby week um, I've got a little game that you can play along with not a quiz so it's just but I've I've Excellent. got I've prepared a little game that uh, you'll definitely want to play along with and JB it will test your knowledge and uh, and yeah and you can follow us um, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Patreon.com forward slash eggchases is where you can support what we do. But one way just to support us is by, if you haven't already, where you're listening now to this podcast, just hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave, leave a five-star review. That would be a, a great way to, yeah. su- uh, to support us as well and spread the word. And, yeah, there we go. We're here for you 52 weeks of the year into our ninth season every single Monday morning, making sure you get your fix of rugby. ADM champions. So this is a, a separate from the RFU league structure. That's right. Greater Manchester. All the clubs got fed up with travelling too far and there's loads of clubs on the yeah. doorstep. Now, so they set up yeah, their
0: own league. Exactly. Now, let's not heap too much praise on the on the Lancashire ADM because ultimately it is just a vehicle to screw over Cumbria, which I'm not a big fan of, to be fair. I think...
1: Oh, so, oh because those were the clubs that exactly. everyone was getting fed up with having to travel to. Yeah, so... Kirby Lonsdale and exactly, Carlisle.
0: Exactly. Um, you know... Spatia or uh, all those all those good clubs up there have struggled to form well not struggled to form a league, but it was the clubs in Manchester and Lancashire who got bored of travelling up, so I went, right we're going to start this other thing, and that's well, what it,
1: they did. It was I mean they were, they were ahead of their time in thinking because now with the cost of fuel and stuff, I reckon there's a few yeah. more people that will be looking at at that sort of thing. It, well, that will have
0: a tangible impact well there's a massive RFU restructure going on at the moment so it's interesting to see where all the clubs are going to end up I was talking to a chairman of a club today who was worried that he'll be traveling down to Bournemouth from the Midlands and you know there's all sorts of restructures going on which you know I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing but hopefully we all get restructured to level six now which would be wonderful oh that'd be great yeah so playing Broughton Park and Wilmslow and Ultram Curzel some great derby games there are some phenomenal games Manchester yeah, I mean, we can walk to most of these places. Yeah, You could walk to Burnage. It'd be easy. Great. Brilliant. So well,
1: congratulations. Uh, did, uh,
0: where did you Where did you play? It started at tight head. Um, it was genuinely the best the best game of rugby I've been part of ever, including um, when we won a playoff for Broughton Park against Eccles. Is that, is that in like, terms of
1: the performance of your team, or was that just the game as a whole?
0: The game as a whole. So we were missing a few players, but we were always missing a few players. That's the deal it the did. Deal, the, a deal at Didsbury. We started okay, then witness scored, and they're a bloody good team. And then they scored ag- uh, again. Uh, we fired back with a try, so it was a, a one-try deficit going into half-time. We turned down the points, because on the last play of the first half, we were able to go for three and went for the scrum, thinking that we would you know get a pushover, which did not happen. And then we came out again, and they put another try on us, so we're now three tries to one down and we just slowly turned the table We when I came off I thought we were done I was utterly defeated but the lads coming off the bench were unbelievable there were two performances uh, yesterday both the Harrys just a phenomenal performance yeah it was it was genuinely amazing and Witness too they Us and Witness are the two best teams in that league there's no ifs or buts. I'm so, sorry if you play for a, another team uh, but to beat them was um, pretty pretty special so yeah, awesome day out. Congratulations. Awesome day out. Do you get a
1: trophy? When does that get presented?
0: Well, we're witness to the current holders. So they were last year's champion. So uh, we should have just asked to take it out of their cabinet really, shouldn't
1: we? <laughs> Do you mind if we just take yeah, oh, saves you saves you the bother though, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> well, it's all right, we'll 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 get it engraved. <laughs> uh, speaking no, of very, uh, very, very very gracious hosts.
1: Congratulations. Uh, speaking of the cost of fuel, that is one thing I thought yesterday when I was sat in front of the pyrotechnic boxes at the Tottenham stadium firing flames 30 feet into the air i was thinking that's 100 grand (laughs) yeah do you know it does seem a bit
0: i don't know jarring doesn't it when you're told you can't go to work in case you burn too too many dead dinosaurs and yet in sports grounds they just throw flames
1: everywhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't go to work but on the other hand feel free to do to do this completely pointless thing
1: well it was a it was a brilliant occasion there at the tottenham stadium that that stadium is just insane is that the first time you've been to it yeah first time i've been to it and uh, we 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 had our the, the catering the the lunch and stuff in an area where it's kind of a it's kind of a hospitality thing underneath the stand really cl- um so really close to the um to to the stand so it's that middle tier where the hospitality bits are and as I understand it it's this massive long room it must be two hundred meters long just these awesome bars and what i understand is when they have the nfl it's Ah. that's where all of the families of the of the of the players all go and it's um but that that place is built for the nfl so they have i don't know if you know about how the pitch works that the pitch the football pitch they play on is actually several feet above the artificial nfl surface is that right so it's in three pieces the pitch and it 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 moves, it just, they can mechanically move the pitch in three parts out of the way, so you've got the artificial NFL surface underneath. Where does the pitch go? Into the stand, underneath the stands. That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. And apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, I I think it might be, that Crossrail in London was delayed, and a big part of the reason for the delay is that Tottenham Stadium stole all the engineers to finish their stadium.
0: That's that's quite something. But they, it is an amazing. Well, grass science had to go through a little bit of a revolution, didn't it, a few years ago? Because stands got so big, they couldn't get sunlight onto pitches. That's why. You got oh all yeah, rooms. yeah. So we think There's about lamps pi- and stuff. Yeah, which you know, we've just talked, speaking about carbon footprints. Another incredibly wasteful thing. It does make more sense to me that you can roll the pitch out. I know they do that in some American stadiums. They roll the pitch out so it can get lights during the you know the week or whatnot then roll it back in and presumably you can have several different pitches
1: yeah i guess so what one thing you get that that is banging against the lead is banging Ah. against your thing so it's just you can hear it there we go is that better yeah yeah that's worse that works so i've actually got a little challenge for you fire away so the tottenham stadium became the 80th uh, 80th 40th i should say ground where premiership rugby has been played the fortieth, the fortieth place. Okay. So I thought we could just we you we, you won't get them all, but there's obviously the thirteen places where the current Premiership sides play. Okay. There's the Tottenham Stadium. Yeah. There's Twickenham where the final happens. Okay. what are we So on so, far? so that's 15, fifteen. So there are twenty five others. Okay. So and I will I will broadly break these into and we can, it's got to be Premiership rugby, yeah. Premiership rugby game. So th- these broadly are grounds of clubs that are that have been in the league in the past yep grounds that clubs that are currently in the league have previously played at or venues for one-off
0: yeah occasions yeah so uh, what am i naming am i naming them all well there's there's 25 others so okay fine so wherever rotherham play
1: Rotherham, correct. They play. They play at Clifton Lane. That's one. Although they have actually played at Millmore. I've
0: never have got them million years. Rotherham
1: FC and the Don Valley Stadium. In oh, Rotherham so, as well. so
0: they actually account for four of them. Uh, Rotherham account for three. Three, okay, three. So that's three. So there's twenty two left. So London Welsh should account for the next two: Oxford and Old Deer Park, I assume.
1: Uh, only the Kassam Stadium. Oh, so have they only ever played there? Yeah. Wasps would account for. Well, I'll tell you what, stick, stick with the old clubs first. Yeah, sure. So you've got Rotherham and London Welsh. Leeds. Leeds, so Headingley. Headingley, yep. That's did they good. have a second stadium somewhere? No, they've only played at Headingley in the premiership. Okay. Um, There's two other clubs. Richmond? Um, oh, actually, uh, I don't know if Richmond did play pre- oh, they must have done, yeah. And they used the Medes- Yeah, they used the Medesky Stadium. Ah,
0: I did not know that. Yeah. did not know that. Okay, and there's another club which I've not mentioned yet. Is that right? Oh, there's
1: actually two more. There's still two more clubs. I got it wrong.
0: This can't be too difficult to figure out, can it? Or can it? It's it's in the
1: very early days, shall I tell you? No. Okay. Uh, two other clubs. Uh, no, they were not a premiership. They, they were never oh, a premiership is, club.
0: Who was it in the early days then?
1: Go on. Who are they? Uh, there's one that's still in the championship now um, in the Midlands. Ish, uh, uh, Bedford. Bedford, yeah. So Goldington Road uh, yep. has, has hosted a Premiership game and West Hartlepool's Victoria Park. I would never have got that no. in a million years. So that's all the old clubs. So now we've got the current club's previous grounds and you've got the. Uh, let's do those now.
0: Okay, so Sale would be Edgley Park and it would also be the other one, which I now forget
1: uh, Haywood Road. Hayward Road. That, Sale Sharks have got another one. Oh, Bolton. Yeah, which is a which is a one-off game. They did the Reebok Stadium in Bolton. Yeah, I, ma- I was a match announcer that day.
0: Were you? Yeah. How, how, is that, so is that all? For, all of sales now. That's all of sales. Okay. So then Wasps would have
1: obviously their thir- the thirteen grounds, including the yeah
0: the AJ Bell. So Wasps would have uh, whatever, wherever they were in Wickham, High
1: Wickham Adams Park,
0: and there was somewhere else they had before that. What was that? Correct. There was. There was one was of them. Did they play at QPR?
1: Yes, Loftus Road. Yes. Very good. Is. Uh that's Wasps's previous homes in the Premiership. It's
0: Saracens
1: played at Watford. Correct, um, Vicarage Road, yep.
0: Watford. Prior to that, I know uh, somewhere else I played, but I don't know
1: where. It was. In London somewhere, weren't they? Enfield Football Club. Uh, uh, Southbury Road, I think the ground is called. Yep. So Saracens played there uh, for a time. And then obviously their home now, Stone X or the Copthorne Stadium. Whatever, whatever it's it, called, that it thing that thing. So there's another one. So that there are uh, London Irish have had an, uh, another club, which we've already mentioned Richmond having the Medeski, so that one doesn't actually count. London Irish had another home, The Avenue. Never heard of that. No. Never heard I of it. I wasn't aware of that one either. But uh, back in 1997 they were at The Avenue. Bristol have had a previous home? They have, Memorial Ground. Memorial Stadium, correct? And Newcastle have also played at the Gateshead International Stadium.
0: Otherwise known as um, Saint James's Park, no, uh,
1: no, but they have played at Saint G- yeah. at Saint James's Park. They played the a one-off there.
0: International Stadium, yeah, I know.
1: I think it's an what athletics. The hell track. Is that? Ah, right, okay. So now, yeah, oh, Northampton must have
0: played at MK Dons.
1: Uh, Saracens played at Stadium MK. Oh, did they in two thousand and eight? And there are on those one-off type of games. There are one, two, three, four, five. You haven't mentioned. Uh, oh, the one-offs. Although Tottenham counts as one of them, so there there are four other what like one offs, and you have been to two of them. Yeah, you've been to two of them. Don't think they've never been to Old Trafford, have they? Nope. But you were at two of them. I actually went to two of these. You games. You actually went to two of these games.
0: Oh, of course, Philadelphia and New York.
1: The Red Bull, the Red Bull Arena and in the, New the, Jersey, and, and, the, and the, the Tesla. And the Talon Energy Talon, uh, Stadium in Philadelphia, correct. I Love that stadium. With the other one being Wembley. Yep. Um, and the London Stadium. W- wonderful stuff. There you go, there's all 40. Ama- amazing. I'm, I'm
0: actually quite shocked they haven't played in Anfield. Wales have played in Anfield. Have they? Yeah, when the Millennium was been built. They moved one of their internationals to Anfield.
1: I quite like the moving rugby around. I know that, unfortunately, the unions... It's like, I mean, moving to football briefly, but Manchester City are playing Liverpool in a... Is it an Neut- FA Cup semi final? It's it a neutral at venue. At Wembley. Yeah, it's rubbish, that. That is just... I mean, and it's on a weekend when there's no trains to London.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if they played it... They used to play it in Villa Park, didn't they? The semis. But that's where they should, play. They should, they should, play, should
1: in- play. they should play that at Old Trafford, because both clubs hate United equally and will trash the stadium I equally. I did think that, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, United played Liverpool at Main Road, and then they drew, and then they played the ne- the the next fixture.
1: Goodison Park. Goodison Park, yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: So it's pre- yeah. It's, I, I it's like cool.
1: I like moving rugby around. I'd like to see that. There was a there was that game against New Zealand up at Old Trafford years ago. No, it was
0: Argentina, wasn't it?
1: I um, know it was the Richard Cockerell, Norm Hewitt, Hacker. Oh, and then
0: they did, did Argentina, and then they brought bloody Uruguay to Manchester City. That's right. That was a that was, that a was World was a poor game. Oh, no, was, well, that was that was
1: because England were out.
0: Well, they always back themselves at home. <laughs> uh, well, so you were at this game. What was the game? Okay, first things first. Yeah. Now that I'm weaning myself off social media because I've not had a smartphone for last
1: week. right? Yeah, because you because of your escapades in Lisbon, you didn't have a phone. I was one. I was thinking, is dead. J, is JB trying uh, going cold turkey on Twitter? What's going on? Or, or is he dead? I just you know it's have been able to type one handed and not having to open up an app.
0: Um, on your laptop, so that, that's that, that's, it. That, that's why. So just gone completely cold caught, caught turkey. I didn't realise uh, until I watched BT Sport today that there's some controversy about Owen Farrell's tackling again. Tell me about it, Tim, because I have been <sighs> saying this for a long time and you don't think it's a,
1: th- a thing, do you? No there, no, there isn't. Well, no. If you look at... No, there's not controversy. My goodness me. <laughs> Whip stuff up. I mean, is that really the first thing you want to talk about in terms of Saracen's game? Was, was that a leading... That, that that was leading b t oh yeah. that's disappointing
0: yeah there was um, lots and lots of paper uh, you know, this is what the paper said um so I, I this is the only game I've not seen so what did what did you see did you see any any fans high shots
1: well firstly, I will say that if I were a Bristol fan, I would be quite disappointed at the usually very good christoph ridley i didn't Ooh. I didn't think he had his best game, i thought um and we always say, if if you're if you're looking back on a game, looking at individual refereeing decisions, then you've yeah you've got to ask yourself questions about why you didn't put it to bed. And Bristol certainly had opportunities to put the to win the game and should have done. That had nothing to do with the ref. Nevertheless, Christoph Ridley didn't have a great game, and I thought he made some uh, poor decisions. One of them being not giving Billy Vanapola a yellow card for uh, a, a knock on, which mm-hmm. I actually don't like the number of yellow cards that are given for knock-ons that are claimed as deliberate, like the Jacques Vermeulen one uh, for Exeter, I actually don't like that that gets given a yellow card, but given that that is what is constitutes a yellow card these days, Billy Verna Pola's is about the clearest yellow card of that type that you will get, because it was more like a spike in volleyball.
0: Yeah, there was another one this week for... Um, oh, your boy on the wing at Leicester. Nandolo? Nandolo, N- N- yeah. Goes up to catch a ball. Uh, and from one angle, it looks like well, I just don't think it should be a yellow card. Simple no. as that really.
1: No, I, I don't like it. It's um this is like you're it just feels like you're penalising instinct. Well, daring as well, isn't it? Yeah, but but on some occasions, like with the Jacques Vermeulen one, he he has he's not he hasn't had time to process, oh, I need to knock this out of the way to stop the opposition team from scoring. He's gone without even thinking, it's all he's in automation in microseconds. He's trying to make a positive move to get the ball, and I don't like that that gets penalised, but that's where we are. Billy Vanapola's one, that was like a a pat down. I'm happy for yellow cards for deliberate
0: knock-ons, proper, cynical, deliberate knock-ons. Like Billy Vanapola's. Yes. Uh, I would use the US Supreme Court terminology regarding pornography for um, (laughs) this, which is, I'll know it when I see it. So the the refs, I think, are trying to systemise this too much. Oh well, was he in a position to catch it? I don't even like that. I mean, what do you mean? Was he in a position to, was catch, he in a position it? to catch it? He's a professional rugby he's player. He's a professional
1: rugby player, and he 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 got his hand to the ball. Yeah, if he thinks there are there are
0: very few people in the world more qualified to judge if, if that player could catch that ball, other than the man who has paid a lot of money to catch it. If he thinks he can catch it, usually speaking, it is a you know, he's in a reasonable. He's, yeah. If you can touch it, you're probably in a, re- a reasonable position. Now, if you're just slapping it down we've got a problem. I think the downwards movement is quite a good standard.
1: Yeah, I if agree it's coming with that. Up... I agree with that. And also, it's the, it's the creep that inevitably happens when you when you open the door ajar. Yeah. It gets, and it happened with football when, when they said, oh, you know, um, it starts with punching being a red card, which is understandable, and it ends a few decades later with any contact with the face by a hand, even if you just stroke a man's yeah. cheek.
0: No, no, no. It's even worse than that, isn't it? You're, well, they say something you can't put your hands up. Well, why not? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah.
1: Why? why? You can't raise your hands. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that. That's what happens. The, these things cre- inevitably creep, uh, and yeah. The, so stop
0: penalising people for not raising their hands now, yeah. just to even even it out over the next five years.
1: Billy Van should have been a yellow card, nevertheless. However, just on Billy, he looks fit and lean. Does he? Yeah.
0: Is, well, I say it's encouraging,
1: but encouraging for who? Saracens, I guess, but not for England. I, I wouldn't discard him for England yet. No, you wouldn't. But he's a, he's a un, very unique individual, and he's, uh, he's he's a proper specimen. And um, I think the problem really... is,
0: although you wouldn't do it, it's not you that matters, is it? It's not it's, none of us matter. The only person that matters is Eddie. Yeah. Wow. Well, so who is getting a lot of stick? A lot of stick this has. week.
1: And I, I, again, I think that's exaggerated. But by the sounds of it, I've not paid much attention to this. I haven't looked at. I, I didn't read the rugby paper or any rugby stories today, but. If if Farrell is one of the big bits of news, and at one tackle, which was not a yellow card, it got given a penalty, and I think that w- that was like fair enough. But in my opinion, not a yellow card. It was the referee handled that one well. Um, if that is a big bit of news, then I, I, I'm glad I didn't open a newspaper or anything yeah. today. Um, but it's good to see him back, and there's some, he looks stacked, absolutely stacked. His, his upper body. He's had yeah he one ankle injury, and then the knee on the other leg while he was recovering got injured so he's had four months out and if what is someone who can't use their legs has four months out and loves to train yeah and and eat protein and has personal trainers he has got massive yeah I bet I I bet Um,
0: obviously Saracens won this game yeah you said in my kitchen over a cup of tea that you thought Bristol should have won
1: it oh yeah 100% should they why well Saracens didn't play well yep by their standards and obviously it's a mark of a good team that you win even when you don't play well. And it's the mark of a team that are struggling, lacking confidence that you lose when you should it win. Completely agree with uh, you. But Saracens uh, did not play well, didn't c- take care of business and were looked a bit porous and open out wide, which Bristol scored three tries in the first half by exploiting those wide channels and finding holes. The defence from Saracens was not normally where it is. But, but, but three times in the second half, well, twice, twice in the second half, Bristol were camped on Saracens' line and just couldn't finish it off. And then, right near the end, in what would have been a last-minute winning try, they did everything but score. What, amazing, is it? it? With a, with, a, with a forward pass. And you've got to feel sorry for Joe Joyce, because he got himself into an amazing position, did everything right until the very last second.
0: So, on Bristol... The story about them is, oh, they've got injuries, oh, they've got players missing, yada, yada, yada. That's why they're not playing so well. But I'm looking at this team now, and look looking at the Saracens team, which is absolutely stacked. The New Bristol team isn't. I mean, not, they're not good players. They obviously are, because they've pushed Saracens to 27-23. And they're playing with lads like uh, Tiff Eden. Um, there's not so much Tiff Eden that's playing, that's not fair. What I'm trying to say is they're...
1: No, they've got they've got Welsh international Callum Seedy on yeah, the bench, uh, and they're starting yeah, Tiff Eden.
0: But yeah, but there's no... Sorry, that, that's not what I meant to say, sorry. What I'm trying, they showed up without uh, Pietau, without Rodrada, starting. Both on the bench. Um, oh, so do you reckon that was performance-related then?
1: Well, yeah, that's what Pat Lamb said. So that I, is I, interesting. I asked him before the game, I, I said, I cannot remember ever seeing a 4-4 split on the bench. No. Four backs, four forwards. What, what What do we read into that? And he said, well, we are the best team in the league in the first 20 minutes. And he's right, they score more points than anyone. And we are rock bottom in the last 20 minutes of a game. And he's right. They concede more points points than anyone in the the final quarter. Where he said the forwards have been quite durable, the backs not so much, so we want to play well the whole game. This is what he said beforehand. This is brilliant. We want to play well the whole game, but we want to make sure we finish more strongly.
0: So do you think And
1: I think he was completely vindicated.
0: So do you think that the... Do you think the Bristol system puts more stress on their backs to do more work than other teams?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's a conditioning thing. If it's the way they play, might be the way they play because they put a lot more emphasis on uh, those collisions in wide areas. Yeah. That, that, that that might be it. But whatever the case was, there was a there was a reason for it, which he expressed before the game, and the way the game played out, I think. Pat Lamb was completely vindicated, and I've got to say, Rich Lane, who's on loan from Bedford, looks a really good fullback. Yeah. Another example of how good the championship is, mm-hmm. and why it shouldn't be cast aside, as the RFU and PRL appear to be hell-bent on doing. Uh, guys like Antoine Frisch in the centre. Now, now, I've he, seen him. He's, he's really seen. good. He's fast, isn't he? Yeah, his footwork's good for a big lad, yeah. and, um, yeah, he looks a really good player. Tiff Eden is, is good, and... So you've got to say, fair, I've got to say fair play to Pat Lamb for that, because I I, mean, I honestly thought it was going to be done by half-time.
0: What on earth happens, right? I'm just having a look through our team, if a second row goes down. Who plays second row?
1: Yeah. Oh, I did, Chris Vui. Chris Vui just Yeah, Vui would slot into second row, and you've got Thacker, who could have gone into the back row. But it was a risk. There's no doubt it was a risk. But he gave his reasons before the game, and it's exactly how it played. I like out.
0: it. I like anything which is new and new
1: novel. Yeah. I've not seen a 4-4 split, so... Um, and, and Bristol will be looking at that thinking so, they did everything but win.
0: I, I, they've got John John Arfora on the bench, one of the few props in the Premiership that can play both sides. I wonder why they just didn't go, go
1: with one prop. Or do you have to have... You have, have to have three four, front row replacements. That's, oh. why, that's why they brought in the 23rd man. <laughs> Excuse me. It, yeah. it used to be two replacements, then they brought in the 23rd man so that it could be a one in each position in the front row. Uh,
0: I see. Yeah, it would be a bit annoying, wouldn't it, if you... Um, yeah. if you to it's going contested with only two
1: front row replacements. Although... Uh, look at that, psychotic. <laughs> there is a cat peering in the window. That does look terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. I um, I wonder... I wonder the, the, but it is interesting that there's no, like, Andrew Sheridan hybrid player these days. There was a period when he was at Bristol, when Andrew Sheridan was front row, second row, and number eight.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh I don't think he ever played both sides of the scrum, though.
1: No, he didn't. Mm. No, he's was loose, very much loosehead. head But... Uh, yeah, I mean Saracens will get better. They look uh, I mean when you just see the when you look at that team it is terrifying, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's also very worrying for the pre- Premiership that after losing all of their players and being relegated for a year, this might still be the best team in England. I mean, yeah, I don't think they and are. And they got actually.
1: they got Makova Napolo to come into that team as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not looking bad at they're not looking bad at all are they?
1: Yeah. Got any emails, Tim? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a bunch actually. In fact, I'll, I'll I'll look through those while you tell me about a game that you saw.
0: Um, I'll tell you again about a game I didn't see.
1: Worcester Warriors. Oh, no, you're right. What, what was your th- What was your thought when you saw that game well, being cancelled?
0: Okay, so there's a few things going on here. I don't think it's quite as straightforward as anyone makes up. Ultimately, um, if Worcester can't field a front row as a professional outfit, they don't deserve to rearrange this. This has to be a walkover. I don't know. Is that been announced? Is it a walkover? Bristol should just get five points for this. Uh,
1: well, no, I don't think they will get five points. Sorry, Gloucester, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they will get five points. I think it'll be four points to Gloucester and two points to Worcester. Because COVID
0: COVID's no longer a thing, so we can't have that as an excuse. It just, well, it's just not a thing.
1: Yeah, and what happened was because I mean, so Worcester said they had thirty six players unavailable due to injuries, unavailabilities, and COVID. I don't know what the distribution of those was, but the COVID was not sufficient enough that the PRL made a call on it, as they have done in the past. The PRL have now passed it to the RFU to deal with. they said, we, we, don't want to, we don't want to be the ones to make a call. You do it.
0: I don't know what's wrong with PRL in this regard. Um, PRL were told on Thursday that this game was not going ahead. So Thursday night, um, I think Thursday at 2 o'clock-ish, Worcester made it known that the game could not go ahead. PRL did not announce it until the next day. So if you're a fan, I mean, thankfully, Gloucester Worcester is not the biggest of travels, so it's not a huge inconvenience. But it, but but it could have been, it could have been Newcastle. So why they delayed it, I, I don't know. Uh, as for Worcester, I do think it's poor. You can't. I mean, I'm sure they will tell you that they've been to every Championship club, um, every every Premiership club, and, and assuming that they have been all those avenues. Well, go to every, well go to every League 1 club then, and then mm. go to every League 2 club, and carry on going until they find a prop. Ultimately, if Cardiff can field a team against Toulouse when all their players are stuck in South Africa, I expect everyone to be able to field a team.
1: A hundred percent. And what, what made this more infuriating for me is, so, if on the morning of the game or the day of the game, uh, Worcester had a bunch of... Covid test from their regulation testing. I mean, is that still regulation? It can't be. The Coronavirus Act as as it as now in England. It can't be. So let's, just just stop testing. Yeah. Let's hope. hope that's not a thing. Let's hope that's not a thing. But if it is, fine. But my point being, that is something that cannot be foreseen or planned for. If they have to do routine testing by the letter, by the rules, and that pops up, I would be sympathetic to that. But and that might have played some part on one or more of the front row players. However, the reason it was called off at the 11th hour is because a player that would have been the final front row player on the bench failed a fitness test five hours. Failed a fitness test? Failed a fitness test. As in he wasn't fit enough? (laughs) Uh, As in he he was returning from an injury and they did a test on him and decided he wasn't fit to play and they did that and and that's why it was cancelled five hours beforehand. Now, if that is the case, that says to me you knew at least a day before, maybe multiple days before, that there was a chance that you might have to cancel the game because this player might fail a fitness test.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, can, I kind of like, agree with that. Um, there's a whole front row that played for Cardiff uh, against Toulouse. Just go and phone them up.
1: Just go and phone them up. That would be, that'd be the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, um, there were eight, eight championship clubs not playing as well. So I, you would assume that Worcester reached out to them. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that they did.
0: I mean, you could be a bit cynical, couldn't you, and say um, maybe they just didn't really fancy it. You know, looking at the rest of their team, maybe that. I mean, if they've got eight unavailable players, maybe second, maybe front row isn't their, their biggest worry. It might be the fact that they've got everyone else unavailable. Like, well, we just won't do
1: it then. It'd be easy just not to do it. It's it's one of those where I, the question I would love to know the answer to, which we never will, is would they have cancelled it were it a home game?
0: Good question good question if they would have
1: cancelled it when it was a home game then i then i'd be willing to go fair enough yeah i I believe you whatever this unusual circumstances are i kind of believe you because money talks and when there's when there's beers to be sold tickets to be sold uh fans to be pleased tickets season tickets to be fulfilled you uh you get it done you get you get it done and the, that's the the only issue I have here is that that's the situation Gloucester are in where they've been put in a big hole where they've now got a. Not only do they not get the revenue from that game, they are they're going to have to. They're going to be in, in the negative.
0: Yeah. Well, um, just on this, the other angle I don't like about it is, I like it when you just see stories of, of players, you know, much like the Cardiff lads who uh, who uh, who played or. Back, back in the day now, when Tom French had his you know, single Wasp appearance in a Heineken Cup final. You've just got to love those things. Yeah. So the, you know, if it was just a front row that they, that they needed, it'd be great to see someone like you say from the champion, championship get that shot, do well, get a contract. Uh, M- Manny, Manny Iorgan, Is that his name? Iorgin, yeah. Iogen. I mean, he had to play a semi-final just you know, from academy straight into a semi-final. Or was it a European thought, game? Something I mean, like that.
1: I mean, I, it's just great. I'm assuming, right, so here's the assumption... Worcester asked all of the eight championship clubs that weren't playing and the four that were, and they all said, no, there's not a single front row player available. I I just find that hard to believe. It's particularly in a, in a period where the championship has been, had all its funding cut. The the clubs are finding life really tough and opportunities at, at premiership clubs to, to show what you're made of and maybe earn yourself a contract. This could this is like sliding doors moment for for yeah. someone yeah. for someone like a Christian judge.
0: And also what does it tell you about um PRL itself? I mean, do you think the NFL would call off a game because uh, they were missing offensive linemen?
1: No, they're going to find some more. Yeah. This it's it's not acceptable that this game wasn't played in my mind. And uh Yeah, it looks amateur. Yeah. From a from a competition which is aspiring to be elite and world-class and have more and more eyeballs on it. So the contrast between the brilliant spectacle that Saracens put on on the Saturday with best part of 50,000 people at a stadium built for the future versus Friday night where we didn't have any rugby at all mm. in a farce.
0: Yeah, uh, don't take my Friday night game away from me. Yeah, and also,
1: the fact there's no relegation, it just only emphasises the fact... <laughs> <Yeah>. there's <that, 'cause laughs> why if, not to if, get it if, done? If, if this had been a really, really important game for Worcester and there was, you know, the, the future in the Premiership was on the line, I would actually be more sympathetic to, like, let's rearrange it. You've got a freak set of circumstances, let's rearrange it. But the fact there's no relegation, get the game played. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Even if you get a pumping, just know,
0: do it. Do you know a game that was played uh, this weekend? Talk. Your boys, Marlowe, getting an absolute pumping by... Um, <laughs> my,
1: my boys. Your boys, Marlowe. Everyone hates Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, except for you, who's a massive Marlowe fan. Yeah, uh, went, down, uh, went, went down to Aylesbury Colts. Have that.
1: Did they? Aylesbury did Yeah, Oh, Colts. Uh, Colts didn't. level. That's a, that's a real rival game, that one. Yeah,
0: huge, huge news.
1: Oh, the boys at Aylesbury will be uh, delighted with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hull beat Sedgley Park.
1: Oh, did they? Yep. Oh, that's why Phil's not here. He just exactly. can't, he doesn't want to have to slander his, his yeah. boys from now, Sedgley.
0: I tell you a really interesting race to be looking into if you want, if you're this way inclined, have a look at National 1, the bottom of National 1 now. That is getting very, very tasty. Uh, Leeds, um, Albion, Darlington are sort of just just in the mix and there's someone else and, and there's someone else as well and they're all playing each other over, over the next few weeks. So uh, very, very interesting.
1: Uh, Ealing Trailfinders had a very, very convincing win against Cornish Pirates at home, 44 to 25, something like that. Five or six tries, and uh, that puts them top of the championship by three points. Not that it matters for the Premiership for next season, um, but they're three points clear of Doncaster with one game remaining.
0: Do you know uh, what dawned on me today? And it's so obvious, it is so obvious, so I apologise for pointing it out the Premiership, the Premiership season, is going to end early for one team, which is rubbish. In the same way, it's rubbish that you don't get your opening weekend. Oh yeah, you don't get your closing weekend either.
1: I'd not, I'd not thought that. You're right. It's terrible.
0: Like, I'm not against bye weeks or rest weeks at all. I think rest weeks are a good who, idea.
1: Who are the team? That's interesting. Who are the team? Well, Wasps didn't usually have an opening do, game. Do they? Usually on the on the final, on the final game of the season, they usually. Have everyone kicking off at the same time. Yeah.
0: But you can imagine, can't you, if that team is already in the playoffs or whatnot, it's one hell of a letdown.
1: Or are sitting, having to wait, and uh, or have played their hand and everyone knows what they have to do. Yeah,
0: exactly. Such a, such
1: a farce. It needs to
0: be an even number.
1: I'm just looking at Premiership now. Uh, oh, yeah, we're contactheadchasers at com. by the way. I'm just getting to the emails in a minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Premiership games. Final game of the season. It, we're into June, aren't we, for the final round? So we've got Exeter Quinns Gloucester Saracens, Leicester Wasps, Northampton, Newcastle, Sale, Bristol, Worcester, Bath. Who are we missing there? We're missing Harlequins. No. Nope. Northampton. No, they're there. I can't. I can't. I can't. Hold on a minute. Got Exeter. So Exeter, Bristol, Bath, Southwest, Worcester. Oh no, Worcester Bath are there. So Worcester, Gloucester, Bristol, Newcastle, Saracens. No, they're there. Saracens are away to Gloucester. I can't. Wh- why? Why? Whoever the fans of this club are going to be really upset. I can't think of who it is.
0: Let's let's see. Hold on. Irish.
1: Irish. Is your Irish. your club. Yeah. Well, if I had a, if I had to have you, a club, if you had to have a club, it would be Irish. Although, I, I, I although gee, yesterday, my word. That was it. Who saw that result coming, actually?
0: Well, Irish getting absolutely pumped.
1: They're getting, on their on their Paddy's Day game, that will hurt big yeah, time. Yeah,
0: that's a really, really poor result, that. Because they had a hard game last last week. Sorry, not last week, last time that they were out. And then, after that, it looked like they could probably make top four because you class Northampton that as an easier game incorrect that said Northampton with Courtney Laws in and Dan Bigger is a different proposition I guess and that's exactly what exactly what they were facing
1: yeah but that's on their big game at the Brentford Community Stadium when they were packing the packing the crowd in big Paddy's day game great weather exactly what they'd want and they got pumped absolutely smashed
0: uh, but it's a very London Irish thing to do, isn't it? Draw against Saracens um, away. In fact, did they beat him at home as well, or did they draw against him twice?
1: Oh, I can't. I can't remember now. they draw
0: drawing at Sale. You know, they, they they sort of win games and come back in games where, where they're not meant to. They've definitely beat Exeter, and then they get smashed uh, smashed at home Saints.
1: Uh, and they've got on a got, deal. They never got, lose on a deal. They've got Quinns at home next week, and then they've got one uh, and they've got one further game. So. The maximum number of points they can be on is sixty-three, which is not, I don't think, going to be enough to get top four. No, No. even if they won by five points, which they, it's unlikely that they'll get ten points. So, uh, so yeah, I think that that was it for London Irish Uh, in terms of top four. I mean, but they, as we talked about last week, they can look at it and go, "Oh, the trajectory is in the right direction."
0: Um, Yeah, I I think so. I I think so. I think next year they're going to be a serious threat if they can keep. If they can keep keep that team together. Um the race of the top four is looking interesting though. Yes. So did you watch the Exeter game today? I, I did, yeah. Exeter are a weak team, no, I am pretty sure I'm not uh, right saying that. They
1: rallied really well towards the end, but they were poor. They did, but they have to be at full they have to be at full tilt, I think, to be
0: impactful at the at the very top, very top of the table. And they can win the occasional game. Whatever it is. They've just lost that potency. Whether it's the you know, mystique that they had or you know just the intimidation factor, that seems to have it, evaporated completely. It is,
1: I think it is as simple as, well, huge number of injuries in the back five of their scrum. Yeah. Everyone has injuries, so I get that. And that wasn't an excuse or a reason today they had them. Uh, it is just the law change. It is just that law change. The 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 goal line dropout rather than a five metre scrum, which I, I love the fifty twenty two law variation. I really like that. I like a lot. I I want this goal line dropout. I want it gone. Hundred percent gone. I hate it. It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. It does it. It it rewards it. It take the whole point of rugby is you meant to, and the whole philosophy of officiating rugby is that you reward positive play. Yeah. And it's it it's disincentivizing. The attacking teams,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I, it seems so disproportionate, doesn't it, not to have an attacking scrum if you're held over the line. I mean, that's where we want to see the game played close to the line. Surely we want to see that jeopardy. We don't want to be seeing it booted into midfield.
1: And I get the. I don't know if it was because is this around the world? Rug, this this isn't just a Premiership law, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is around the world, so it can't have been just because Exeter were that good at it. It must be broader than that. Or they were very, very good. But well, I loved, I, I loved how good Exeter were yeah, at that. Stop it!
0: You work out a way to stop it. Because if it was
1: easy, everyone would do yeah. it. And
0: if you can't stop it, um, score more points. You know, that, that's those are your two options: stop it or score more points.
1: Don't give away penalties that get them into your twenty-two. Exactly. There are a lot of ways. There's to stop Loads this. of ways you change it. You suddenly stop competing at as many rocks. You get better at choosing which rocks to compete for and which not to because do you, know, you don't want to give away penalties. Rugby
0: does have this nasty habit of just changing laws because something is successful. I mean, that shouldn't be what you do. You should. Make the team solve it, not have the lawmakers
1: solve it. Again, to go back to it, it's because you get, you sometimes get rugby writers and you get um, you get vocal fans on Twitter saying things like, Exeter Chiefs are boring.
0: Well, I mean, they're not. No, I mean, they're that, not. They're not. And I think that's one of their problems. Well, they weren't. Yeah, yeah, they, they weren't then. They're not now. Uh, one of their problems, I think, is they play too much rugby. I think they get so loose with the ball. Uh, at least one of the tries today was just loose, just, just loose play. Uh, they have this sort of attacking trident between noel hogg Slade, and they try and whip it away. I mean they 're playing a different brand of rugby to what they were previously because i don 't think or they know that they don't don't have the options to do what to do what they do what they pre- previously did and it's just loose it 's too loose I, I don't like it i don't like what they've become
1: mm. As I like they always had that they would score a bunch of tries from from deep. Quite often they would finish them in the Exeter way, but yeah. they would start them from well in their own half. So that that's been part of their DNA for a while, even when they won the European Cup and the Premiership. However, that the the sort of balance has been taken away. They're not able to do both things. Yeah. So then it does make Yeah. Does make them look less less balanced and too open. I the agree other thing with that. Point.
0: as well. Dave Ewers is just well, he's not that only ball carrier, but he may as well be. Yeah, you know, He's the only. He's the guy that they need on the field at all times to get over the game line. As soon as they fail to get over the game line, they're just like any any normal team. And they're a very good team, but they're just like a normal team. They're it, top top, it, four, he top was one four-ish of, team.
1: He was one of the people that got mentioned in our emails when we were talking about... Like, I'd sort of made the observation with England uh, re- re- reflecting on the France defeat that, isn't it weird how we don't seem to have many options in the back row or the wings? Yeah, I mean, Dave Ewers uh, is a monster. But Dave Ewers is a monster that has been overlooked for a long time. Uh...
0: Or Woodburn would do a job.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I I I really like Tomo Flatty as well. Do
0: you know who else would do a job and and, and scores tries? Who's that? Chris Ashton.
1: Yeah, <laughs> two tries today. Welcome, welcome back.
0: Yeah, I I I, I want to meet the genius that decided to sign. Was he a thirty-four-year-old winger? Get Amal bags two tries and he's there on merit now. Well, so... they've
1: signed a thirty-nine. Somebody who will be a thirty-nine-year-old centre for next season as well, yeah. and they've got they've got a thirty-seven-year-old scrum half. Whatever That's a good it is.
0: point. So they could put they might be one of the oldest teams in history next year if all those players stay. Thirty-seven years old on uh, uh, at scrum half. What thirty-nine you say for?
1: I think I think Jimmy well. Goppes thirty-eight at the moment.
0: Right, it's I'm a- pretty sure. So Ashton's thirty-four. Nodolo must be in his. He's also
1: 34. I've got a feeling he might not be there next season. That's the that's the that's the word.
0: Well, if he's not there, um, I'm, I'm sure Murivalu's even older. Really? Yeah, I'm sure of it. Although
1: I could be making that up. I'm just checking the age of Jimmy Gopeth. He is 38. Yeah, he's 39 in June, so he will be 39 by the time he joins. He will be 40 during next season. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. What a lad. That's incredible. Which
0: means I've got to carry on playing until at least Jimmy gives up.
1: Yeah. Uh, on, on that sort of inside centre position as I've just mentioned uh, Jimmy gopperth there and this relates back to England. And I, was, I, and I will just reiterate Owen Farrell looks massive. Yeah, so he is massive. He is, he is a he, big boy. He's a he's a big strong boy. Yeah. Uh, J- Jeremy Springle uh, from Washington DC. Another one of our American listeners. I do love how many listeners we have in the Sorry, States.
0: just to be clear yeah, Louis Vardou's 32. Okay. So if if uh, Nadolo hangs around next year, there'll be the, the wings alone will be seventy years old. Yeah, and the halfbacks will be over that.
1: Love it. Uh- For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your
0: personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Contact Achasers at gmail.com. Jeremy Springall in Washington, D.C. I'm assuming uh, my guess is he's an Englishman in the political sphere oh go on maybe I don't know why why so because he's in Washington DC and he clearly oh, knows I about yeah. English rugby I think he's a lobbyist yeah, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going for it. Big, I'm just, just big, big tobacco or weapons? <laughs> One of them. Well, Weapons, he's, it'd be, he wouldn't have time to write us an email at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be counting all his cash. Exactly. Um, right, he says, uh, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've been thinking about the English Centre conundrum. Oh, no, I think he's American because he spelt Centre, C-E-N-T-E-R.
0: Uh, or maybe he's just, um, you know, gone native. Yeah, maybe.
1: Uh, I was thinking about the English Centre conundrum and have put together the following list of English eligible centres that Eddie could choose from. Who do you think should be ele- elevated into the squad? Following Cocker's law, I would remove Orlando Bailey. No doubt, a talented player, but not th- not at the required level yet. I like that he's done that. Mm-hmm. And then he's suggested Dan Kelly of Leicester. Dan
0: Kelly's brilliant. Yeah, love him. He's a he's a little
1: ball of muscle.
0: Stopport, Dan Kelly. Is that right? I don't know if he ever played for Stopport, but he's from Stopport. Good
1: lad, uh, Piers O'Connor. Okay, like him. Another option. I think I choose Dan Kelly at the moment out of out of the the options. I picked P- Piers O'Connor last year though. Yeah, I mean, he looked good yesterday as well. Uh, Fraser Dingwall uh, from Northampton. Yeah, lovely player. I think I'd put them in that order at the moment. Dan Kelly, then Piers O'Connor, then Fraser Dingwall. Mainly because Joe Marchant and Henry Slade are so good at 13, which is where I think Piers Piers O'Connor at 12 can do a job. Anyway, the final one, Rowan Yanzi van Rensburg.
0: He must have a South Africa cap.
1: He was last capped in 2016. Oh, hello. So is he now eligible for a change? Is it only to tier two nations, or is it to no, any no, other it's to nation? Anyone.
0: Does he have an English? Does he have English parentage of any type?
1: He's been in England since. He's been in England long enough, hasn't
0: he? I don't know. I, I, I don't when, know. When did he
1: arrive at Sale? I
0: tell you what,
1: Rowan Yansie van Rensburg.
0: What are you looking for, boys? Well, something a little bit like Manu Tuilangi. <laughs> how, about, how, how about this?
1: When did he move to Sale? I need to find this out.
0: Well, he's had two stints at Sale. He is probably just as injury-prone as Manu. Uh,
1: I don't know how he'd get on in Eddie's it, fitness camps. I was going to say, he fluctuates. He, he looks incredible. Tell you or, what, though, he's bloody not. fast. Uh, 2018. So he he will qualify, possibly by the time the World Cup yeah. comes around.
0: For a man of his size, he is remarkably rapid. You know, they say props are dead fast and powerful over a short distance. I mean, I guess there's some of that, but he is actually top-end fast too. Yeah, I think he's a very, very good player.
1: Oh, just the legs on the guy!
0: Yeah, yeah. When he's in shape, like when when I first met him in Carrington on his first stint here, but before he went back, I've, I've ne- honestly never seen legs like it. It's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I,
1: very much a big strong boy. I
0: wish he was as not such
1: good. an. Injo- he's only twenty-seven.
0: Yeah, well, you got to remember when he was like twenty-one, he was destroying Super Rugby. Absolutely destroying it, and yeah, he has been. Yeah, I'm sure he's had like five caps for the Springboks, but it's not about that, is it? It's about not stepping down from international rugby. Yada yada So yeah.
1: Well, I'm for it. I'm generally, I'm I'm very much against that. But this Scotland have been nicking uh, nick loads of saffers and uh, an Englishman, and Wales have been at it, and Ireland have been at it. So and England didn't have any. Um, any of those project types or adopted players. So, yeah, go on. Get Rohan, Yanti, van Rinsburg in. That's my choice. And a great shout. Nice one, Jeremy. Yeah.
0: Now, did you watch this game? Did you watch X ex- Exeter? Yeah. Uh, Leicester game. What do you think of it?
1: Uh, I'd say I thought Exeter were, were poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, rallied really well at the end. And... I thought Leicester
0: looked very slick.
1: Le- Le- Leicester particularly in the first 50 minutes.
0: Yeah. Their, their line-up operations, just their, just their basics are so, so smooth. Though. Yeah,
1: not only Chessam's a menace.
0: He is a menace, isn't he? I absolutely love him. He's massive as well. Yeah, yeah. I they are looking, they're looking very, very good. So, qualified for the playoffs now. Yeah, if you looked at them at the start of the season, you might put it down just to, a bit of a lurk and think you know right bounce the ball and whatnot. But no, they are a legitimately very good team. I still don't think that they're good enough to beat Saracens in a final. Sorry, I sneeze.
1: That's all right. Oh, how awful! Right, I'll continue. Um, they're not at Saracen's level you don't think in a final
0: no I don't I just think that Saracen's DNA being to, being to finals and knowing what it is in the organisation I think Leicester have lost that from, uh, lost that from this generation I think that takes a lot of time to build back into a uh, back into an organisation yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um, but yeah they're looking very very good I'll tell you what let's take a, a very quick departure uh, and as we were just in North America in Washington DC there with Jeremy another email that's coming from Canada oh wonderful and David Harder, uh, who hello David, is a teacher uh, at Rockway Mennonite Collegiate. Hopefully, they've got a good rugby team there. Good man. Um, I just looked at that on his little email sign-off. Was cool. it? Uh, just just the where, where he's where he's from. Huh. But uh, yeah, appreciate you getting in touch. And he, he's pitched himself as our Canadian correspondent. Oh, awesome! Which is great. Yes, you, you have the job, David. Um, and I'm glad there are still people in Canada passionate about rugby because they've had a tough time of it, which is the, the nature of his email. He says, <laughs> "A quick quick update on rugby in Canada. As you three have said on the pod uh, a couple of times, the Canadian men's 15 program has been in decline, punctuated by their failure to qualify for France 2023. Unfortunately, this is just one story of many that the rugby Canada of the rugby Canada dumpster fire. Yes, it is. The women's. Uh, so, just this is a summary of what's happened. Some of which you have mentioned. Uh, The women's seven coach was fired three months before Tokyo 20, uh, the Tokyo Olympics. Jamie Cudmore was fired because of his tweets related to the firing (laughs) of the sevens coach. And now rugby Canada have recently fired their women's 15 coach six months before the women's world cup in New Zealand. An independent review of rugby Canada as an organization was just released a few days ago. The findings were damning on many levels. My favorite uh, finding being that rugby Canada's decision to put its high performance center in Langford, now, I'm not totally sure where Langford is. It's in Canada somewhere, is it? It's somewhere. But far, far north. I think it might be on um, Vancouver Island because he says, nothing could better illustrate the disconnect between the governing body and the lit- and the rugby community than Rugby Canada literally being on an island. Furthermore, the review found Rugby Canada lacked a defined organisational culture. Maybe JB would like to work there.
0: I'd love to. Uh, I've got to say, one of the uh, funniest stories of recent rug- well, recent rugby Twitter, other than uh, Aaron Smith celebrating International Women's Day, <laughs> as he we very well should, was um, Jamie Cudmore's Decolonised Ninth. Was it Decolonised Seventh? I can't remember, but the tweet that got, that, that got him fired was ultimately very funny.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're looking on. for Langford? No, yeah.
0: Vancouver Island, mate.
1: It is, is it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Never heard of it. Population of 40,000 people. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, well. Sad times because they're a proud, proud rugby nation. They are, they are. So, yeah, hoping you're back on your feet uh, as a rugby nation soon, David. And he he, he said, uh, hopefully, you'll be open to a tier two, a tier three tour to Canada. Oh,
0: oh, hang on. Just before we continue. You said you thought Nadola was off.
1: Why? Because... Uh, <laughs> Neil Fisler said as much yeah. a few weeks ago, and Namani Nadolo went off uh, he, really angry. Yes. Then, and then apologized, Then later apologised and said, uh, Sorry, I went overboard. Can I just there. say,
0: so he bloody should do, right? So Nadolo's got. I, I do like Nadolo. I think he might him. be
1: going to one of them, like Moana Pacifica.
0: Okay. I mean, that's very cool, oh, and I yeah. wish him all the best. I think he's a fantastic or, player. Or the Drua.
1: Dru- I don't know which team. Anyway,
0: um, I've interviewed him on on rugby dungeon I've had communications with him before I think he's a a good bloke but he has got this nasty little tendency occasionally to do things to people which are not particularly nice Uh, he outed one Leicester Tigers fan for getting Kiri Mimimovoli's name wrong as racist because she said uh, why can't we sign players whose name we can pronounce which can I tell you as a man with a stutter and a severe dyslexia, it's kind of a big deal. You know, it is hard to pronounce some names.
1: Yeah, but but I'm assuming the woman meant it as a joke. The intention, yeah, yeah, she, the intention she, did, was she didn't
0: mean, can we only sign Jones and Hughes? Anyway, yeah. she just gets absolutely... Le- just a nobody just gets leathered with um, these accusations of racism. And the first thing, I do not blame Nadola for this at all, because he's right to get... Uh, not right to get upset, but he's perfectly entitled from... Oh, no, get he's, in, he's
1: entitled to, yeah. get, to get upset.
0: But Leicester Tigers, a few weeks ago... Didn't they remove, like, their badge or something to say no more... They did something to symbolise oh, no the, more online hate or something.
1: No, no, they removed the tiger from their badge. Oh, no, no, that was... That, that. that was a different one. So let yeah, us know, yeah, 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 to yeah. remind us of what the world would be like if we didn't take care of uh, the animals. And tigers
0: or something. Tigers. Yeah, trust me, the, the, the world would be uh, a lot more dangerous with more tigers than less, but nevertheless... <laughs> um, yeah, maybe ask the Indian villagers what they think of the tigers before uh, <laughs> before we say we save them. When we in- when we reintroduce wolves, uh, we can then protect the tigers. Oh. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, yeah, they did something for online, you know, mental health or some some conflagration of these awful things combined, because some of their players were abused online, and it seems to be that it's absolutely fine to abuse people as long as you don't, as long as you don't like them. And in this case, I thought the stick that Neil Fisler got was absolutely ridiculous. He's just a journalist doing his job, and Leicester Tigers should have come out and said this is unacceptable. It, so unacceptable yeah. for our fans to, uh, particularly with the stance that they've taken on mental health or whatever, whatever, whatever other worthy thing that they're up to this week. They should have taken a stance saying this is completely, completely unacceptable. If you're a fan of Le- Leicester Tigers doing this, stop it. You're, you're, you're an absolute bunch of morons.
1: If he if he was wrong, mm. you could be, uh, you could direct a correction and say retract that because it's, yeah. not, it's not true take it back if he's got it right then i mean how to win favors and influence people if you were neil fisley you might think for example you could he could be in a situation where he says namania i know you're going yep um i was thinking i'd, I'd, I'd put it out but how about instead we do a little piece for the rugby paper where you can announce you just, it. Yeah, you just tell me or whatever. It, 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 to be honest, it doesn't matter. Or, it, or I'm going to put it up at this time, uh, um, so I'm giving you an opportunity I, to get it out I, first on your it, in your way. That's just, how journalism is done.
0: Well, it's just a, it's just the, the hypocrisy. You can't one day run a campaign for say no to abuse or draw the line or whatever, and then next have all of your fans piling onto a journalist for doing his job. No matter how unpopular he is, no matter how many people dislike him or how 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 unlikable he is, it's not acceptable. Um, particularly given that's their stance. I mean, I guess it would be okay if they were for online abuse. That would be completely, uh, you know, in line with their message. But they're not. So you can't do it. You, you can't be a hypocrite.
1: Yeah, if you don't, if your principles don't work, even again, even with things you disagree, then you don't have principles yeah. at all.
0: For, for the record, I can be a hypocrite because I'm a hypocrite. So it yeah. kind of works, it works well
1: for me. <laughs> you don't accuse... Do you Do you accuse other people of hypocrisy, though? Oh, 100%, yeah. Because, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I can do what I want. <laughs> Um, so. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he. I think he's going to one of the Super Rugby franchises. Which is a cool thing to do. A very cool thing yeah. to do, and I'm sure he'll be very ex- if if that, if that is what happens, he'll be extremely proud to do so. And did you see some of the rugby those teams were playing? No, oh not my seen it, hey? word! Stitch of it. Out some of the tries were just outrageous. Exactly what you'd imagine. A a, a team made up of Fijians or. Samoans and Tongans would. would but, but by way,
0: just on the animal thing, sell sharks. Remove their shark from from the badge. Did they? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we've spent a lot, a long portion of human history removing sharks from from the water for good reason.
1: <laughs> oh well, oh dearie Wonderful me. stuff. One, wonderful.
0: I'd love to know the the genius at Premiership Rugby that came up with that stupid campaign.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump to this actually, as I just mentioned it. Jay Curtis, contact Tedchasers at gmail.com Hi, fellas. Pod good, (laughs) etc. Did you see Moana Pacifica's glorious golden point win versus the Hurricanes? What an outstanding game of rugby. I've got two points to share on this. One, when we talk about the growth of rugby, how incredible is it to see the development of two Islander teams in such a short space of time chalking up outstanding wins and remaining competitive in every game when just a few short weeks ago they basically didn't exist. Now they're beating the Hurricanes. Phil's beloved Canes. Uh, That and they are flare as F. And play the kind of rugby everyone wants to watch.
0: that's a fair point. it's a cool thing, isn't it? So my argument and i' like I say, I've not seen any of this rugby, so I can't comment on the rugby itself, but I don't mind commenting on the actual brands. My argument for Fiji would be just sell yourself, just sell your rights to whichever private equity firm that, th- firm that you want to, because the way that they do play rugby is so incredible that you know it'd be like it'd be like owning you know your own franchise. Um, you know, or owning the Harlem Globetrotters or something. It'd be just abs- absolutely incredible. I think that these teams that they've introduced in Super Rugby will effectively do that. They'll sort of commercialise uh, Fijian rugby and
1: Pacifica rugby. Make it like a an F1, an F1 team. Exactly. Like it. And The second point that Jamie makes, should the Golden Point be brought into the Premiership? As a London Irish fan, there have been four games this season when at the end of the game there's a bit of a meh feeling. How bloody good was the fin- that finish? Even the Canes fans will walk away goddamn entertained by it, albeit disappointed, but shouldn't rugby foster those kind of deep emotions? Yes. Wouldn't that improve the product? I agree with them. It's an interesting point.
0: I think I love, I love the idea of golden point. Or, as the NFL do it, you could, or American football do it, you have a period of extra time, golden point or whatnot, and then a draw. So you can tie eventually. Actually, no, just get rid of, rid of draws. We don't need them, do we?
1: Dead exciting. I
0: mean, I'll be up for trying it. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, Golden Point, love it. No, just make them play. Make them play until, until someone wins, mm. and keep making them play. Do it in ten minute blocks. And if no one's ahead in ten minutes, do another ten minute block, and then just carry on for bait forever.
1: That's cool. Uh, anything more on those that, that game we were talking about, or should we shuffle onto another? On
0: Leicester versus Exeter. Particularly Exeter are still
1: in with a shout. at top four. It's Gloucesters to lose.
0: Chris Ashton looks ace. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it is. It, it, I was thinking about Chris Ashton earlier on today. Actually, it is weird, isn't it? How he, I think some teams would have him in a heartbeat. I think Saracens would have him back in in a heartbeat if they if they could. And how would you say half the teams wouldn't touch him with a barge pole? Sorry, would you say half the teams wouldn't touch Chris, Chris yeah, Ashton? Oh yeah, totally. So weirdly, I think the teams that would have him back would be Sale and Saracens. And I think the teams would never want to see him again. Would be Harlequins. I don't know. I don't know what Saints think think of him. Actually, they probably quite like him at Saints. Yeah, Worcester. He, he was um, a young
1: lad who transferred from rugby league there, and
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Worcester wouldn't. Worcester definitely would not. Ha, definitely would not have him back.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, how many more teams has he got to get through?
0: Irish. Yeah, he's had five. He's had um, five teams.
1: Irish and all the Southwest teams. He doesn't yeah. like. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't like the Southwest, does he? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. Not that, that way inclined. No. Uh, Peter Shaw has got in touch, and did you see the RFU co- um, statements and, and comments following the Six Nations? No, it came in. Any of them? It came after our podcast, but um, talking about progress going in the right direction. Yeah, okay, so there's been a lot of. Um and Eddie Jones said that England were just 3% off. I love these percentages. Remember when he said that we're 30% fitter? Oh, is that right? Yeah, and now 3% off.
0: Yeah, so there's been a lot of constellation in journalist ranks last week, writing things like, you know, uh, Bill Sweeney's not been available for eight months. And there's all. Uh, I do think that they've, they've probably got a bit precious about this, about Bill Sweeney not, not being a- available. On the other hand, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if England had a review process that was transparent like who was doing these reviews
1: uh, how, what in rugby is transparent whether it's the salary cap stuff whether it's which was transparent well well uh, that transparent was, in the end yeah. in the end not due not as it was all unfolding. It, well, it had to be leaked didn't it it had to be leaked Yeah. exactly and there's so much is lacking oh, the 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 decision about the championship uh, the club is not coming up not coming up Oh, it's just the, the lack of transparency is one of my biggest bugbears in rugby.
0: I think it's amazing to think that. Um, I mean, I've never even heard the names of the people that do 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 this review. I'm amazed that no one, amazed that that's not reported anywhere. But apparently, that is secret. Have I have I made that up completely? No. How is this hard to find out? I bet I could find out in a day if I really wanted to.
1: Probably. Anyway, Peter says it reminds him of a scene with Kevin Bacon in Animal House. Uh, This this is when the England um, comments about the progress came out. This is what Peter heard. Oh, man. I've
0: got my Bluetooth headphones on. Uh, Uh-oh. Oh, in your ears. Uh, yeah. I I, I did that. um, Never mind.
1: I organised that perfectly. I'm not as down on England as everyone is but that was last I week. I think you should be. That was last
0: week. I, yeah, yeah we we're not, not going to do the whole anything week. again. We did we did last week. I would have fired him when I had the chance. But I think you got to st- I think you have to stay with him now. Just uh, for money more than anything else. Newcastle. Good
1: game. George McGuigan. Yes, rapid. What do you think George McGuigan is thinking? Like, okay, so I'm I'm clearly the not clearly, but I am Broadly speaking, the best hooker at Newcastle, and uh, and the guy that is behind me is is turning out for England against France. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what more do I need to do here? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, tough one for
0: tough tough one for George. Uh, he scored. Well, did he score that try? Did he get held up? Two tries. Did he? Good lad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. What does he need to do? It's weird, isn't it, when these guys get picked up from like low, like low in a depth chart somewhere. And it's ha- it seems to have happened in Newcastle quite a lot, actually. You got McGuigan. You had um, uh, Gary Graham out of absolutely nowhere, nowhere get picked yeah. up.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's completely completely bizarre. Blamire, and, it, you meant with Blamire was
0: the one. Yeah, um, who was the other one as well? A sale of had Sam Moore called up. Sam Moore. Can anyone
1: remember Sam Moore? Yeah, and he opted for Wales.
0: And went, he and, went to
1: a Welsh region. It hasn't been seen since.
0: Oh, uh, he's just gone from strength to strength. Wow. I mean,
1: that was so obviously
0: politicking. Um, they who else did they call up? They've called up some someone else from Sale, whose name escapes me. Anyway, yeah, it, it is very, very strange how Eddie operates. It seems to identify people early doors. But do you know what he did it with um, Matt Giteau, and he was completely correct.
1: Mm. Well, we talked about this last week, so again, I'll refer people to last week's podcast. But just it is interesting that I've just read a story where the RFU have said, in addition to what they've already said about the Six Nations they are, They will target an English successor to Eddie Jones. and a, They said the preference would be to have an English set-up. We believe we've got such a wealth of English coaches in the game. As a leading rugby nation, we should be developing English coaches and an English style of play. Uh, he also uh, said that the person who gets the job wouldn't necessarily have to have had international experience, which opens the door for a Rob yeah. Baxter.
0: Well, I think the international experience criteria is utter nonsense I mean utter nonsense So really? yeah just just throw it in the bin throw it in the bin in the same way that um, Lee Blackett didn't need DOR experience in the same way that Rob, Rob Baxter didn't need um, DOR experience you know I just think you pick the best guy based on how they interview and how prepared that they how prepared they come in and look at the body of work in the club game and here's the other thing right? if the RFU and the premiership are going to have this unholy deal where they say do you know what um, if you don't, if you don't play in the Premiership, you can't represent your country. The rule should be: well, then we have to pick our coach from the Premiership. They can be English, they can be foreign; doesn't uh, matter. You've uh, got to pick from the Premiership.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. You can't yeah. have. You can't. Yeah, it can't be one rule for one and another yeah. for another. I actually, I would like to see English players being able to go and play where they want. I understand why they've made that decision, but having made that decision, I, I actually really agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Newcastle actually played well, led, and then Wasps, in a very, very important uh, victory for them, snuck the win uh, at home. I didn't see this game. Did you, did you see much of it?
0: Only saw the highlights. look good enough. That's it. That's that's all I've got to say about Wasps versus Newcastle. Mm. Uh, neither team looks playoff. Uh, 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 neither, neither team looks playoff bound. There's no jeopardy. Uh, move on. Now, before we do move on. Uh, from the Premiership altogether, just give me your latest breakdown on who you think is going to be top four now. Bearing in mind, there's been a draw and that loss. Who,
1: who, who? Yeah, well, in the, well, just, just to get there, why don't we just touch on the fact that Sale? Oh God, yeah, had to come from twenty-one-seven down at half time. <sighs> Sippers pulling the strings. Sam Underhill getting two tries. I mean, Sale looked out of it. They've got themselves three points, which is is a lifeline, but. I suspect, will not be enough. I mean, they, they, that's that's the kind of game they have They have to... Sales well. whole
0: season is just about hanging on to things. You know, just about doing enough to be considered challengers. And that's all they're doing. And as soon as they look like they're in a commanding position, and they get Destiny back in their control, they throw it away again? I mean, they've been so inconsistent all season. I think they've got seven losses so far. Uh, and judging by how they finished last season, you'd, you'd, you'd think that they would... Eight losses. Eight losses. Three, I mean,
1: three draws.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is, I mean, I think when they review the season, they'll think that is way below the standards that, that they should be. Considering what that, what's in that squad and how deep that they can go, I think that is um, already a bit of a failure of, failure of the season. If they don't get into the playoffs, it's an absolute disaster, okay. frankly.
1: I I mean, it's a very competitive league, and Quinns and Exeter above them are at the moment, and Gloucester that are below them but will be above them because they've got two games in hand. And Northampton are below them that could leapfrog them. They're reasonable teams, but they they should... uh, So I I think there will be one team out of the top five that are there currently. So the top five, as it stands, is Leicester, Saracens, Quinns, Exeter, Sale. I I think Gloucester have over... uh, not overachieved. That that sounds unkind to them, but they've exceeded expectations. Massively. Um, Northampton are about where many would have expected them to Uh, be.
0: uh, No, Northampton could not be in a more perfect situation for Northampton. Bang in the middle of the table. That is exactly where they
1: belong. With a chance to get the playoffs, but then probably not going to. Uh, yeah, but so Northampton are kind of roughly where you'd expect them. Gloucester have overachieved slightly. The top five teams, Leicester, Saracens, Quinn's X to sale. Leicester have obviously overachieved. They've had a fantastic season. Um, I wonder if Leicester will be profitable this year because the fans are, mm. fans are flocking back. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I think one one, so my point being one very good team, out of those five that are there currently, uh, were going to miss out. And any one of them could have been that team. So I, if Sale finished fifth and narrowly miss out, then I kind of go, no, it's not a disaster. It is a disaster. It's a job to finish. But for. I don't think they're going to finish fifth. And I don't think they're going to just miss out. I think, I mean, I'll have to look at this. Let's just... I don't know, mate. I don't know. Let's check out the fixtures. No, I mean, they, they, may, they, it may, they may be so a maybe Sale have full... got
0: Saracens
1: at home. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. They've... They've got mm. they've got some tough games. I don't think they're going to be within touching distance. I think they'll probably. And
0: they've got Newcastle. I think that is that Gloucester is that,
1: are at home to Wasps in a in a big game next weekend.
0: Uh, well, it's going to depend on these points. If they get robbed of those points, it's outrageous. Gloucester's points against uh, Worcester. Sorry. Yeah. So, looking at this, I don't see Saracens beating. Sa- Sa- sorry, I don't see Sale beating Saracens.
1: Uh, Do you? Well, it depends if Saracens rest their England players now. But do you remember what
0: Saracens did to Sale down at the Stone X? I mean, people might say that it was close or whatnot. They they you know, they made Sale lose their heads. They were so physical with them. And that's a danger. You know, once you out physical sale, there's not an awful lot more there. You know, they're very good at the things that they do. And when they can impose themselves on, on you, they can beat anyone, like they turned over Leicester Tigers. But so,
1: Saracens won't let them do that. So Sale have got... Uh, Saracens at home I want to see the teams but yeah you'd agree that Saracens will be favourites Newcastle at home and Wasps away
0: so they can definitely beat Newcastle
1: and they can beat Wasps and they could beat Saracens on a good day they beat Leicester not so long ago um, at home they're a different team at home Yeah, Gloucester have got Wasps at home Bristol away uh, Bath at home and Harlequins away
0: but they might be starting from the position of having four extra points. What? Or three extra points. Or th- or three.
1: Uh, and one... F- yes, you're right. You're, yes, yes, you are right. Yes, you are right. So Ooh. it's Gloucester's to lose, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Obviously, I want sales shocks in there. But if sales shocks can't make it, I really want Gloucester, really want Gloucester in there.
1: And who have Exeter got in their final fixtures? Hmm a so we'll look, they've got Bath at home. They've got a double header against Munster. Then they go the following week to <laughs> <'Cause> Saracens like- <laughs> on a six-day turnaround. After <laughs> Munster home and away, they go to Saracens. Do
0: you know what? If they- and then
1: they go to Bristol.
0: Double if they come up, if they come out victorious, double header against Munster. I think that they'll go through to through to the quarterfinals because their their spirits will be so up, the confidence will be back. A big European win. Yeah, they'll feel like a top team again then.
1: So I think I think Gloucester are going to make the, the, I think Gloucester are going to make the playoffs. I think they will.
0: Yeah. I think I think so. Okay, let's just go through this. Sale win two out of three, Gloucester win one out of three. Do you think? Probably two. They They've got wasps. Okay. Yeah. Got two. Bath. So if wasps. Yeah, if they win those those last two, I think Gloucester, yeah, Gloucester, Gloucester, Gloucester's year, mate. So if they win
1: two of the next three... They go away to Leicester in the... They go away to Leicester.
0: Hang on, so if they win two of the next three, and then two of the next two, two after that, it's Gloucester's year. They, they win the whole thing. It's game over.
1: I mean, didn't Gloucester beat Saracens away? Yes. So if I were Gloucester, I would be desperately hunting that third spot, trying to avoid Leicester away. Trying to get Saracens away. Yes. Although although there's no no, there's no easy game. The final Saracens Leicester will be monumental if that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, it's that'll a, be huge. It's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. Quinn's are the only team in there which are much, much different. So if you look at the the other four, uh, Leicester, Saracen's X to sale, first and foremost it's about physical domination. You know, one like one, two and three. They can all play a bit, but that's what it's about. Quinn's are the only ones which are significantly different. How exciting!
1: It is getting exciting. Yeah. It's just as well that that is exciting because there is precious little excitement lower down,
0: except for Max Ajoma. Well, yeah, except except for him. All right,
1: um, any, any more for any more? I am um, just ra- I'm just gonna have a little look through through the emails. Um, oh, you just got uh, someone. Someone's got in touch. Make sure you check the emails, JB, because someone's got in touch. Long time listener. Um, one of our f- uh, supporters on Patreon, and he's coming to Manchester next weekend and wants to know if we'll be at the Sale Saracens game.
0: Well, it's a Friday night, isn't it? Yeah. I might be. thing is, Friday's now on my Wales Day when I'm in the office for Beardmore & Co. Independent Financial Advisors.
1: You're having a busy time of year. Is it, End of financial year must be busy for you. It, it is. Lots it's of mad busy. Lots of client meetings.
0: Lot, lots, of ice con- lot, lots
1: of ice contributions, lots what of pension you, contributions. What are you advising at the minute? Because I'm, I'm fascinated, because I'm... I mean, this is... There you go. You can let people in uh, you know on, what? on how the business yeah. works. What What are you generally advising? Because I've got some money to go into my pension uh, at the end of my at the end of this financial year, and uh, and I said to my financial advisor, we do a little risk assessment. Yeah, yeah, like, the risk assessment. The, the risk, like how how risky. And usually, I'm quite I've, I'm quite. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I'll roll the dice. It's, so,
0: I need to do one of those radio announcements, you know, here. this is not constitute financial advice. Yes. I I financial no, I will yeah. but, but what I said was,
1: yeah. I, I said, Sam, I, like, the value of my money is being inflated out of existence. Yep. And I'm really, really worried that the financial system is being... Well... Well, well, well I'm not going to say deliberately, but... but uh, I, 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 know, would, I wouldn't I put anything past yeah. these people, but it is... All this central bank digital currency stuff terrifies me when it comes to my investments.
0: I know what your fears are. I know because I have exactly the same fears. I think I have the the same night terrors as you. (laughs) But actually, what you're dealing with there is one certainty and one which is speculation, which is, I think inflation is going to be the most challenging thing in our lifetime. I think it's going to be more challenging than COVID. I think it's going to be more challenging than anything that we've faced before because you're not going to be able to afford stuff. A huge difference between say 3% inflation and then 5% inflation, and if the figures continue at 7 or 8% inflation, it's going to be absolutely mind blowing. People
1: don't realize what that means, they you do know. not know what that People means. People don't understand what that means,
0: and they also don't understand what the cure means either, which no. is normally high, high interest rates. Yeah, so uh, and don't think that's a good thing because it's not. No, it's not. Uh, we will very, very quickly and very suddenly realise that we have been borrowing for the best part of, what, three decades and we can't afford to live. What, what it's going to be awful. What, Some might say that they're deliberately trying to end the financial system. I wouldn't say that, of course. No,
1: but yeah. It, it, certainly, if that's what they were trying to do, they're doing a very good job of yeah. it. Anyway, but um, the, what is actually one of the reasons I came off Twitter, because it was little things like, you know, you'd make a comment about I remember a couple of years ago, and I'm going just, just put a little thought out there like, I'm not sure printing 20% <sighs> more pounds out of thin air <laughs> yeah. to pay people to stay at home is a great uh, idea. Uh, the, to pay young healthy people to stay at home is a good idea and I think we might live to regret that quite badly for which then I was of course oh, you, oh so you're saying you want grannies to die? Yeah. well, I, I can't be bothered with Twitter but yeah. um, there you go chickens are coming home to roost yeah. don't so, say you weren't warned.
0: So what? We, so, in terms of um, advice if you want to beat inflation you can, you can do that but you have to, you have to take volatility. I, I think the future is going to be very bleak unless you get some good advice, and even when you do get good advice, I'm not entirely sure it's going to be like. It's not. I don't even think it's going to be comfortable for the for, for the for the wealthy people. uh And there's steps you can take to make sure that you're slightly more wealthy, but it's going to be very very tricky. So yeah. uh, has that has that filled you with confidence?
1: Well, it's it's kind of made me think uh, that I'll just yeah. I'll do something rather than nothing.
0: Just think about this. I'm sorry to go on that, but no, this no, no, is no. something which I think about all the time. And someone will be listening to this and go, JB's wrong here. He's completely wrong because that's not how things work. But historically, one of the ways that you would treat inflation would be to put up interest rates enough that it would dampen down uh, spending, right? You make
1: the- It incentivizes saving. Saving, and yeah, yeah. In- the cost of money is just
0: yeah. not too much. Now, imagine if interest rates went up to, say, I don't know, 2% above inflation and, t- and inflation 7%. So we're looking at ni- like 9% rates. And then everybody who's got these massive mortgages starts to remortgage. People will be losing their, ho- be losing their homes. The government debt, which, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> would be so much higher, or the the repayments on the debt the servicing would be so much higher. Debt, yeah. I, I just, people do not realise what this means. No. I, so I, the cure could be actually... I, yeah. I wonder if they'll just let inflation run away because the cure... Is worse than the illness. It's, it's well, a bit. No like, I don't know how it's going to
1: people in the UK did the same thing. Like I say, when it's like, oh, I'm being paid to sit at home and do nothing. It's like, yeah, that that that, that there'll be very severe cost for that. Forty percent of every US dollar in circulation was created in the last two years, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, awesome, I got my stimulus check. Well, mm, no, that's, that's, anyway. Doesn't anyway, work. it's that time of year. Like, it's the only time I see you in a week. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Sounds like you and my um, financial advisor would get on. Uh, no,
0: no I, I dislike intensely other franchisees.
1: <laughs> Others are available, but Beardmore <laughs> yeah. and Co. are, uh, co- are the, the premier franchises. ones. I only do, I only don't do it because um, why don't I come? Why don't I yeah? When, when we? S- fire Sam that would cross the dreams. That would cr- yeah exactly. How do you know it's called Sam? You just told me. His oh, name. did I say his name? Yeah. I've given away too much. That's, that's too much information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess Sam does work for Kootso, doesn't he? So <laughs> you know, we, we can't we can't uh, recreate that that level of servicing, Tim
1: that uh, He's very good. Excellent. Anyway,
0: right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I um, think we're done. Are we we're do do, some if, we, if we're talking
1: about end of year investments, we're definitely done.
0: Uh, well, we do have predictions to do, so we'll do them quickly. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, how did how did Phil's beloved Ulster get on? Got no idea. I think they might have lost away in South Africa.
0: That's a shame. <laughs> I really hope they bounce back. Okay, so Friday night, <laughs> Sale versus Saracens. Give me Saracens.
1: Uh, I'll wait for the teams. If if. Saracens give their England players a rest which they might do then yeah. oh just sale on sale
0: I forgot to mention this did you see Faf de Klerk's last kick no so Faf de Cloak makes uh, so Sale should have won this they missed a kick from in front of the sticks basically and Faf missed it and then afterwards he falls to his feet sorry falls to his feet falls onto his hands
1: where was AJ is he out
0: yeah AJ got injured last week didn't he oh, oh yeah well, he of course did. So, of course um, the unbelievable Rob Dupriar played 10 um, and Faf kicked Faf kicked, right, the points. He misses what looks like a sitter to me.
1: Oh, God, and that, that would have been a win?
0: It would have been a win, yeah. Oh. That's and he falls on his feet, he falls falls down to down to his hands and knees. I'm thinking, he can't be that devastated. But then a bath player comes around him, and quite a few players come around him. And think, I'm not sure if he got cramp, he was injured, or he was actually that devastated. I'm not sure which one it was. But he, he did not look comfortable.
1: No. I mean, yeah, he cost them a win, but I think he only cost them one point. Yeah, because effectively, because they got, the bonus they, got point, um... they got the losing bonus point and two for a draw. Losing bonus point. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Of Course no. they only got two points. Then what am I talking about? Losing bonus point. No, they didn't no, they no, score got four... three points. They didn't, they didn't score four tries, did they? Maybe they did. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they did. Um, Hold on, I'll, I'll tell you if they did. I think they did score four tries, and that's yeah, they scored four tries.
0: So I'm going Saracens. I'm going to go. Uh, Exeter against Bath. I'm going to say. Gloucester against Wasps. If Gloucester get get that one. I think they're in the playoffs.
1: Right. So I'll wait. And, I'll wait and see for the teams on sale. Yeah. Potentially sale at home. I think could beat Saracens. But well. I'll wait for the teams. Exeter at home will beat Bath. Yeah. Gloucester at home will, will edge Wasps. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Bristol away against Saints. It'll probably be Saints winning. Actually, they just pumped London Irish, so I should really be saying Saints.
0: Yeah, I think the way Bristol play and the way Northampton play will make it so Northampton have a slight advantage. They love scoring points, Northampton. They love conceding, they love scoring. So if they're both conceding and scoring, like both these teams do, I like I like Northampton. It's a
1: fair point, and they just pump London Irish, who play quite similar, loose and
0: yeah. fast. I'd say Northampton will beat Bristol Bears, Worcester, London Irish, Harlequins. That's how I'd say. And, and Bath. And then lose against everyone else. Who's
1: so that? Have you gone for a clean sweep? of? Oh, no. See, see, All home except for Queens away.
0: Uh, Worcester. Yeah, give me Worcester at home. And... Oh no, sail away!
1: So Saracens and Harlequins away, everyone else home wins.
0: Yeah, London Irish, London Irish, London Irish. Harlequins, I think Harlequins win that. So yeah, Harlequins away and Saracens away, everyone else uh, at home wins.
1: Cool, excellent, brilliant. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Hit subscribe wherever you get your feed. Um, Phil's only away for the weekend, so we'll be back next week. Yeah, brilliant. Slack, slack. Uh, Right. Well, yeah. Oh, JB's already hitting stop, so I'll just say let the boys play. Let the boys play.